What do you get if you cross an alligator with a flower? I don't know, but I'm not going to smell it. Hello and welcome to episode 143 of Under the Call of MS, MS Deep Dives. Today we're going to start out talking about some management that you can do for your aggressive MS. There are two forms of progressive MS, primary and secondary. Primary progressive MS is felt to represent about 10% of the MS community. It typically starts later in life than relapsing forms of MS. And unlike relapsing forms of MS, is just as common in men as it is in women. Primary progressive MS typically represents presents with slow progression of walking impairment over a period of years. Secondary progressive can be more difficult to define. Approximately 85% of people begin their MS journey with a relapsing form of MS. The natural history of untreated MS sees people moving towards the secondary progressive form of the disease over time. Without treatment, approximately 50% of relapsing forms will have transitioned to a secondary form over 10 years. Relapsing remitting MS and secondary progressive MS should not be thought of as different, but as a spectrum. People with secondary progressive MS can still have relapses and new lesions on MRIs management of any form of MS can typically be broken down into treating and managing relapses, managing symptoms, altering the the disease course by lessening the likelihood of new MRI lesions, relapses, or progression of disability. I believe I'm in secondary right now. Even though with the crap gap happening, things increase during the crap gap and then hopefully lighten a little bit after I get my next infusion again. But a lot of times when I get my next infusion, some of the issues I was dealing with during the crap gap stay longer or permanently. Uh, But yeah, I. I still believe I'm in the secondary progressive form, but guess what? My neurologist doesn't even answer questions, so I don't know what to do. I sent, I left him a message the other day, wanting to know more information on the CPAP and everything, why my numbers are 0 to 0.6 is my average numbers of episodes per hour. Whereas normal person, I think it runs between four and six episodes an hour. So I don't think I should be on it, but my neurologist won't get back to me. Ask him about the pain meds. He doesn't get back to me on that, so I had to go to my PCP for that. I got my upcoming MRI coming. I've had a permanent pain in my right side of my lower body, uh, right side of my lower upper body which is around the liver, kidney area and stuff. So it freaks me out because 
all these medications can cause different types of liver damage and issues and constantly contact your doctor and he just doesn't answer your questions or get back to you it's like what the hell i i was all excited to go see this person because i was told how great he was and that he had ms knowledge and he is not helping me for shit so i think after this infusion i will re-see if i can get to the new neurologist in my other network uh she doesn't have no ms experience that i know of by looking at her bio and all that so I'm going to do an online video chat with her and just find out, see what she'd be willing to do with me, if she'll listen to me, if she's a good doctor that will actually acknowledge what you're saying and respond to you. If she is, I'll just switch to her for now. But I also took this year for my essential benefits from my insurance company. Whereas you can get free meals, you can get... Uh, free home care you can get someone to come in and make your house safer uh, you can get a fitbit once every two years they got a variety of things and one of them's free rides to appointments so i decided to take that this year just because some of the places i want to go to uh, they're just annoying to drive down through all the construction and shit and just let someone else deal with it i can just sit back and relax so with that, if she can't help me and they don't won't take my insurance yet, then I'm gonna look into the MS center that's down by the hospital or down by the hospital, down by the airport in Milwaukee and consider going to see a neurologist in that network. We'll see what ha- what they have to offer. In terms of improving a person's quality of life, symptom management should not be overlooked. Regardless of whether a person is struggling with fatigue, spasticity, bowel and bladder symptoms, or mobility issues, treatment options are available. While all forms of MS benefit from a comprehensive and integrated treatment approach, this is especially true with progressive forms of MS. Take a drink for the working man. Sorry about the coughing. Sorry about the voice. I ain't, I'm not going to have teeth until sometime in May where they're more secure so I can actually hopefully talk better. But I'm going to try to keep going. If you can't stand it, I'm sorry. But maybe if I'll get better in the future, who knows. But I think we're at the best possible talking availability I will have until then because my gums are healed up as much as possible right now. The management of symptoms in progressive MS does not always mean medications. Exercise, wellness, and rehabilitation should be the foundation for symptom management with medications used in a thoughtful and Limited fashion, if possible. There are FDA-approved disease-modifying treatment options for progressive forms of MS. Mitoxinthrone, which is which is also known as Novantrone, is approved for secondary progressive MS, but is used in, infrequently. 
the side effect risk of mito mitoxin mitoxintron may outweigh any potential benefits for most people. The drug carries a lifetime cumulative dose due to the risk of damage to cardiac muscles with resulting congestive heart failure. In addition, mitoxintron has been associated with a significant risk of life-threatening acute myeloid leukemia even after small doses. Yay. Let's just give it a shot and see what happens. Ocrelizumab, Ocrevis, which I am on currently, is approved in the U.S. for relapsing, remitting, and for primary progressive MS. And I thought it was approved for secondary also. And this is older, I'm sure, so... Who knows what it's like now. A lot of this information has advanced since I've read it. In general, ocrelizumab has a favorable favorable safety profile. The drug is typically given intravenously every six months. It is a slow infusion with about six hours required to administer the full dose. Prior to starting ocrevus, Patients must be screened to ensure that they have antibodies to varicella, which is chickenpox. If the patient has no immunity immunity to chickenpox, they should be vaccinated prior to starting ocrelizumab. Screening is also done to rule out hepatitis B. Ocrelizumab should not be administered to patients with a history of hepatitis B, two cases of PML have been described in MS patients, or cases of PML have been, have been described in MS patients using Ocrevus. The first occurred in a patient switching from natralizumab, which is Tisabri, to Ocrevus, which I was going to change from Ocrevus to Sabri, but they kept me on Ocrevus for now. The second one was in an individual moving from Fingolimab, which is Jelenia, to Ocrevus. So you might want to take those into consideration if they're talking about putting you on Ocrevus. They might want to wean you off first for a little bit and then put you on, give you a little break in between, get some of the medications out of your system. More treatment options for progressive forms of MS may be on the horizon. Recently, there has been increased interest in autologous stem cell transplantation in MS, which I so wish it would get here. It's more prevalent in UK and Canada, but they are getting better at advancing it. And hopefully we'll see it available through our insurances and stuff here in the near future, but this procedure involves harvesting immature stem cells from the individual with MS. These particular stem cells have the capacity to regenerate a fresh immune system, one without the tendency to attack myelin and axons. The person with MS is then given chemotherapy to wipe out the existing immune system. 
The harvested stem cells are infused back into the patient's bloodstream so that a new immune system can be generated. So I'm not thrilled with the chemotherapy, but yet my drugs that I take are kind of like sister chemo drugs. So it's, I just really want to try stem cells before I'm too damn old to give a shit anymore. I'd like to be able to get 10 years of halfway decent mobility out of life before this is over. It's not looking like they're going to do anything to respond to us anytime soon and help us out. Mesenchymal stem cells, clemestine, and antilingual are all currently being researched as options for turning back the clock and repairing damage caused by MS. So that's something to take into consideration. I don't know where they've gotten to yet. If they've advanced those at all, but we'll look into for the future. More things we can look at is gut biomes. Um, stepping away from the primary progressive MS, secondary progressive MS, getting into other stuff now. But I believe in keeping the gut biomes going, keeping them happy. Scientists have been learning more about different types of bacteria that live in our guts. Uh, Certain bacteria can encourage or suppress inflammation. Gut bacteria may also influence whether pro or anti-inflammatory types of immune cells circulate in the human bloodstream. Those bacteria might influence our immune system. Several thousand different species of bacteria can live in the gut, compromising much of what is called the gut microbiome, together with other tiny living organisms like viruses and yeast. It's like I take a gut biome pill. I like the, and I've been bad about it. I need to get back into it full time, but I need to get back on my apple cider vinegar teas and my uh, salad dressings. But without having freaking teeth, I can't eat a damn salad. Save my ass. And just getting really sick and tired of eating mushy foods, stuff that I can basically break down with my tongue. So, how much longer I'm going to deal with this shit. I'm really looking forward to getting back into eating stuff that I can actually bite. I saw that the bacteria from people with MS somehow affected the growth of the type of the T-cell needed to control inflammation. That's a positive thing. It's currently believed that people with MS have ample numbers of regulatory cells that do not function properly compared to individuals without MS. So you hope the gut biomes, but you, you got to play with the right ones to certain gut biome stuff. Actually mess you up more than help you. Uh, more research is needed to help map out favorable and unfavorable microbiomes <clears throat> and the best approaches for alterating them, altering them. Asians in diet and probiotic approaches are 
helpful to get your gut biomes up to up the speed, up to more activity, and hopefully getting rid of the bad microbiomes. Focusing more on the positive, helpful microbiomes. I said we need we need certain bacterias in our life. Uh, you can't be afraid of all those little creatures living in and on our body. Many of them are there to help us out, so you gotta take that into consideration. And let's see here. When it comes to who develops multiple sclerosis, there are a few geographic boundaries. The disease affects people of various ages, nationalities, and cultures throughout the world, but not always in the same way. The average person in the U.S. has about one chance in 750, uh, 0.1% chance of developing MS. Hey, I can't win a freaking lottery, but I can win that one. MS occurs to varying degrees in most ethnic groups. Research suggests that MS may be more prevalent in Americans of African descent than previously thought. I know they originally, in the early days, thought it was more likely a white woman's disease. And now we're finding out differently. And I agree with that because with vitamin D uh, saturation being a huge part of it, with the darker skin, I see vitamin D issues being more prevalent. Uh, while MS is more common in areas farthest from the equator, prevalence rates may differ significantly among groups living in the same geographic area, regardless of distance from the equator. For example, in spite of the latitude at which they live, MS is almost unheard of in some populations, including the Inuits, Yakuts, the Hutterites, Hungarian, Romani, Norwegian Lops, Australian Aborigines, and New Zealanders. I think it's a huge part of their diet is probably a huge part of that, especially when they're living off the animals and getting certain uh, nutrition from those animals that live in those environments may help them more. And they're also in sunny, many of them are in sunnier areas where they're going to get more vitamin D into their system as long as their body's accepting of it. But I know you say, the think of the Inuits and stuff, they're in, on ice and snow constantly. But yeah, if you've ever been in the winter out ice fishing and stuff, that sunlight reflects out that snow massively stronger than it does in the summertime so that may be a factor who knows migration from one geographic area to another seems to alter a person's risk of developing ms studies indicate that immigrants and their descendants tend to take on the risk level either higher or lower of the area to which they move uh, you can't necessarily just jump in a plane and move away from an area to get away from the chance or the factors that may cause 
MS. So take that into consideration too. When you're dealing with being in a wheelchair or sitting a lot, the thing you gotta look at is pressure sores. They're also called bed sores, decubitus ulcers, pressure ulcers, or pressure injuries. And they are a breakdown of the skin after prolonged pressure and occur most commonly on the tailbone, the sacrum, the hip, or other bony areas from sitting or lying for a long time in the same position, especially in people who are mobility impaired, which are many of us. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be in a wheelchair to get these. Uh, you can get them just from laying in bed too much, sitting around too much, whatever. Working those areas, putting pressure on them back and forth in those areas, just fl inflaming up. Pressure sores affect quality of life for people with MS, causing physical, psychological, and social difficulties, but they're more than just a hassle. Pressure sores can be an entry zone for infection, and they can go deep into muscle, bone, and blood, and they can get severe, deadly, and a lot like things like gonorrhea, or not gonorrhea, gangrene and stuff. Once that shit gets in the bone, you're pretty much screwed. There's not much they can do. I'm sure they have different types of medications and stuff that they can work with, but I've seen it happen to guys losing their legs and stuff to gangrene and just end up losing their life not long after because of not well it not they're not getting good enough care and stuff like that. But infection gets into the blood. It can be a potentially fatal complication. Sores are categorized by stages of severity from one, a persistent red skin discoloration, to four, in which the ulcer may, ulcer may go all the way to the bone. So you definitely want to get looked at. I, mean, I was basically born with a skin condition that I think I inherited because my dad being on Guam when he was in the military back in the 40s. He uh, contracted some type of skin infection from being on Guam after they dropped the nuclear bombs out there. I'm guessing it was some type of radiation thing. And within a year and a half of being in the military, they had to take him in, put him into medical care, and he was released from the military and I'm guessing told to not say anything I never could get any information from my father until he passed. And then I found the records giving me more information about all this stuff. So, yeah, watch what's out there and look into things and be open with your family members. Don't, don't try and hide things that can help them in the long run. If I would have known more about my dad's conditions and stuff back in the day, I would have probably worked with his doctor because his doctor gave me homemade medications that he made in his office for some minor skin issues I had back then, and I was didn't know that's why I had them or if it had anything to do with that. So those are things to look into and keep an eye out for and work with your doctor on them so you don't end up with way worse issues. 
I'm going to give you a little recipe here. It's a chocolate hummus. You can use pretzels or fruit with it for dipping. You can put it on a peanut butter sandwich or just by the spoonful, eat it or whatever. The ingredients are one 15-ounce can of garbanzo beans, drained and rinsed, a quarter cup of cocoa powder, a quarter cup of maple syrup, uh, half a teaspoon vanilla extract, quarter teaspoon of salt, two tablespoons vanilla coconut milk. You can use plain or more, more or less, depending on the consistency you desire, if you want it more smooth or thicker. In this hummus, I'd probably go for the more thicker aspect because of the chocolate part of it. I don't know, since it's chocolate, I don't know why you couldn't use the dark chocolate almond milk. That's what I, I'm going to try it with. Uh, but basically, put all those ingredients in a food processor and process until no longer chunky, and you're good to go. It's a nice, quick, throw-together, healthier type of dip. So you can experiment with it. You can add things to it, different types of spices you like or whatever. If you want it spicier, Add cayenne or something like that, or you can add cinnamon and bananas. <clears throat> Lots of things that you can add to it to make it more flavor flavorful for you if you'd like. I like to do raspberries with chocolate and stuff like that. Yeah, we got a couple minutes left. Let's look at some old world news to make it fun for the end and finish it off. A woman sued a Philly restaurant for $113,500 after she slipped on a soft drink and broke her tailbone. The drink was on the floor because she threw it at her boyfriend 30 seconds earlier during an argument. So there you go, folks. You want to get a lawsuit going? <laughs> Cause it yourself, I guess. That's <laughs> eh, just sad how that that works too because it makes our laws, our courtrooms just packed full of stupid ass cases. And when someone needs to get in there for a case or needs to get in there because of a medical, medical condition, they're put off longer and longer because of all this crap going on. Another one is a woman sued the owner of a nightclub when she fell from the bathroom window to the floor and knocked out her two front teeth. This happened while she was trying to sneak through the ladies' room window to avoid paying the $3.50 cover charge. She was awarded $12,000 plus dental expense. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. A man was warned by his doctor that cigarettes were killing him. So he took up nicotine gum in an attempt in an attempt to quit. But unfortunately, he choked to death on the gum. <laughs> How much fucking gum are you sticking in your mouth? It's like I I can't say much. I know I have friends that have tried and when they get on this nicotine gum or the patches, they they start overdoing those too. It's like, and I quit cold turkey, and I was smoking almost three packs a day when I did. And I smoked since I was 
And my first cigarette was like 12, 13 years old. The neighbors sighted a house. Uh, but yeah, it's I smoked for many years and I'm so glad I quit. But yeah, I never did the gums. I never did the patches, but I see people abuse them. An older couple in Germany out for a, for a Sunday drive in a new car that used a navigator computerized system to guide drivers around via electronic maps ended up driving straight into a river when the computer forgot to mention that they had to wait for the ferry. It's like, aren't you looking where you're going? <laughs> one last one here. A man broke into a glue factory in Brazil, picked up several cans of glue, stopped to sniff them, and then passed out. He was found in the morning, inadvertently glued to the factory floor. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that was fun. So, be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster. <laughs> Do what you can to put a smile on your face and get get through the day without having any major issues, if possible. And we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>